0: Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Philip. Greetings Here again. Here we are speaking.
1: Yes. Oh, we're already talking over each other.
0: Yeah, it's because we're, we're slightly further apart than usual. I think we've got some quarter-second delay. It's true.
1: true. No, fortunately, no, we, we, we don't have a time dilation issue. That was just... Um, Still not enough coffee in the morning, so I I was answering a question. As they said in Rain Man, I was answering a question
2: from a half hour ago. Good morning, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But fortunately, we are able to speak through the the magic of fiber optic cables.
1: It's true.
2: Carrying our signal.
1: It's true. It's true. In fact, there's probably the the funny thing is uh, here in the I'm in a hotel in Cambridge. I'm I'm up at uh, MIT on the campus of MIT and uh, there are I always bring an Ethernet cable just in case like to do the podcast if I need the Mm -hmm. extra speed and so there's all these old ports in the wall there's a telephone port like like I took my I took my Cat5 cable and went to plug it in Mm -hmm. wouldn't fit and I was like oh that's an old telephone thing and there was Ethernet (laughs) which is also kind of low tech at this point in fact the Wi-Fi in the hotel, if you pay for the fancy Wi-Fi, is uh, way faster than the... Well, they must be throttling the Ethernet or something. But anyway.
2: That could be, yeah.
1: The Wi-Fi <coughs> is super fast, which is amazing to me, um, which leads right in. We're, we're not, we're not going to waste any time today. We're mm-hmm. diving right in. What the if? What the if? Uh, you and I were chatting earlier, using our super fast communication methods, and saying, "What if the what the if the entire world were hyper connected,
2: super fast connections, super
1: fast, uh, so fast that they haven't even bothered to come up with a silly name
0: for it, like." LTE 75. Yeah, it'd have to be a bigger number though, like 104.
2: Google invents Google fast. Google fast. Yeah, that sounds right. Google fast internet.
0: Um, <clears throat> well, I'd say that that would only be one of uh, several times in human history when we've suddenly had communication get much, much faster. And I should say it throws us off every time. Um, and so like the telegraph, right?
2: Seems right. kind of slow and clunky nowadays. Right. But
0: it was, um, they
1: went from zero but to... But say,
0: yeah, to 1830s, You know, the, the fastest way you could get a message from place to place would be to give it to somebody who then rode a horse to that place.
1: Right, literally, that was that was we the joked. fastest way. Yeah, we say, "Oh, what, what did you do? Send that pony express."
0: Mm-hmm. And of course, but then- that was that was startlingly fast, right? If you could get uh, a letter from the east coast to the west coast in a couple of weeks, that's amazing! Wow, a couple of weeks, and then I guess the train,
1: maybe at least, <clears throat> or did the train come before the telegraph?
0: Uh, right about the same time. Right about the same uh, time. That's interesting. Yeah, so trains you could get that down to uh, a few days, right? Right. Which is pretty exciting. And then uh, with the telegraph, uh, a few minutes for a decent-sized message. Wow. So and and people were were so stunned. Uh, the, the kind of vocabulary they used to describe this experience seems sort of way over the top to us. But they talked about how the telegraph annihilated space. Ooh. <laughs> Isn't that an amazing description? Yeah. Did they even
1: and they, yeah. when they but when they said space, they of course they only meant space between distance. Things. Yeah, <clears throat> but still, that's pretty cool.
0: Um, it's an amazing image. It's like you know, it's like the person's right in the next room. That's that's the equivalent of being transported across the the world when you can communicate so fast. Right, it's it, like a wormhole, basically. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> right, a wormhole from <laughs> LA to New York um Uh and it wasn't it isn't just the amount of time saved and transferred in other words a lot of time didn't just drop away but like the danger of that the amount of effort that had to go into carrying those bits Mm -hmm. I mean (laughs) deserts uh
0: yeah brigands brigands yeah Um, yeah, that's right. I mean, until probably until the telegraph, you would not have very good odds of a communication getting from point A to point B. Oh,
1: wow. It might get there. It might not. So a lot of messages were lost, do you think?
0: Yeah, just lost, you know, something I can't remember what the numbers, but until the, the late 19th century, something like a third of all Pacific Ocean voyages ended in disaster.
1: Whoa. <laughs> so that's not I just mean, the are, messages being lost. That's everything. That's right. Yeah. The,
0: your odds of coming home from a, a transoceanic journey um, were extremely low for a long time.
1: That's almost uh, the ratio of a success. Well, NASA has had fairly good odds landing on Mars, but if you take all countries combined. hmm. Pretty low survival rate for landing on Mars. Yes, that's right. And so crossing the Pacific was as
0: bad, was just as bad. Yeah. Um. So, so it's even not even speed of communication, but just will it get there at all? Um. Was an open question.
1: Not only will it get there, but will the mailman get there? Will the mailman get there? <laughs> it was a dangerous job. Yeah. Forget the dogs. You know, waiting behind the white picket fence.
0: Yeah, and there often weren't um, formal postal networks, so you would just give the letter and some money to somebody who was going in vaguely the right direction. Oh my! God. And then they would give it to somebody else, and they would give it to somebody else. So you're entrusting half a dozen strangers to carry it from place to place. Wow! There
1: wasn't a national post office,
0: or, yeah, or until it's, yeah. it's, that's right. We uh, we take it for granted now that. There's reliable post office, not just within our country, but an international system where you can just write Uganda and it'll get there. Right. Wow! Um, but that's a very modern invention.
1: That's so basically your your letter, and all there were were letters, yep. uh, would uh, have to
0: hitchhike. Yep, <laughs> that's right. They would just <laughs> tag along with people who were going anyway.
1: Yeah, they'd have to lift up their skirt show a little envelope.
0: Yeah. Hope. So like when Darwin was traveling the world in the 1830s, um, he would write home whenever he happened to be in a port where there was a British ship. Wow. And then he would give them, he would give them, you know, all the letters he had been writing for the last couple of months and say, can you please take this back? And would say, sure. We'll be back in like a year.
1: Wow. And then if that ship sank, or lost mm-hmm. the mail somehow, yep. then pirates or any, anything, Darwin's yep. letters just would gone. have been lost. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing he kept. So, would people keep copies of their letter before they sent it?
0: They get Sometimes, it back up? actually. So, yeah, yeah, in in the archives, this is before the days of carbon paper. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you can often find drafts of letters, mm. just in case.
1: Just like my email, <laughs> right. my, my Gmail account. Uh, 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 my apologies yeah. again to there's a um another podcaster out there, Hammond is his name, and uh, I can't remember the name of his podcast at the moment, but he he's going to interview me. He does a podcast on creative people, really? and nice. um, so I'm psyched to get that interview. And it was supposed to be Wednesday, so a couple days ago, and uh, we had scheduled it like a month prior. And mm-hmm. I got here. I got to the hotel. In fact, I brought them. I was all ready. I did all this set up and everything like that. Fifteen minutes before, I thought, "Let me just confirm." <laughs> and I go and I realize uh, that my letter back to him, my letter,
0: my email right. back
1: to him, saying, "Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it." At that time, you suggested on Wednesday, is still in the drafts.
0: No oh, curses. I was like,
1: "What? How does that even?"
0: Yeah. So, so now you know that you know the pain of the Pony Express. Yeah.
1: I do. I do. Um,
0: um, and so, speed of communication really mattered because it wasn't just love letters going back and forth. Mm. You know, if you're trying to run an empire, say, uh, it's, it's helpful to be able to communicate with your troops on the ground.
1: Yeah. But don't tell me that those um, love letters with your geographically undesirable hoped for mate. Uh, is not more important than Napoleon's,
0: you know. Uh, well, Jewish certainly, troops. that's right. Yeah, so love, love conquers all. A
1: lot more risk yeah. involved.
0: Um. So, so the question
1: is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, like, so, um, when Britain, uh, Britain has a uh, a revolt in India in 1857, mm. and India is a long way from Britain. Right. Right. So. In the old days, it might have taken six months for even word of the rebellion to get back. Wow. Right? But once they had those, uh, the telegraph cables, they could respond essentially instantly. And there's a, a famous story of one of the, the leaders of the revolt after uh, uh, he's captured. He points up at the telegraph lines and he says, that's what defeated us.
1: Huh. Wow. You know, we could do the same thing today. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll point at that, you know, that little uh, Wi Fi symbol um, on, the, yeah. on the screen, which different people have different ways of describing. I, I've heard it described as a peacock, which was actually.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't more. have thought of that, but that is pretty clear. Yeah.
1: yeah to me, it looked like waves. But uh, that's what defeated us. <laughs> that's what will <laughs> defeat us. Um, that's quite amazing. I, uh, so, so, to reiterate, what the If. This show is called What the If. We haven't, we haven't sort of really uh, gotten back into just stated our core belief. In a our dogma. The dogma and Katma, which is
2: what... We, we ask a question, what if? And
1: we explore the ramifications going forward. Well, what if this, then that, then that, then that, then that, then that, that. And in that process... Because all we know is science. Everything comes out science. But <laughs> well, all I know is science fiction. <laughs> and then you know both. And uh, throughout, uh, there's just a lot of science spills out. And we all learn a lot of things, which is cool. And we get to have fun with our imagination, yeah. alternate visions of the world, and the universe, and things like that. But we don't just say what if. You know, there's no shortage of podcasts and shows and people and children. That say what if we say what the if because
2: why? it's a little bit of little bit of outrage little chutzpah. <laughs> yes
1: chutzpah what the yeah. if
2: little bit of chutzpah goes a long way
1: yeah that's true, <laughs> that's true. wow my grandmother would have appreciated <laughs> <that's> a little <laughs> bit of chutzpah so um. Yeah, we're we're a little bit outraged at whatever scenario has just occurred, uh, as, mm-hmm. if, as if we didn't come up with it ourselves. And and the scenario this week <laughs> is, what
2: the if?
1: Yeah. I shouldn't shout because I'm in, your, I'm in your ears, I'm in your room, I'm in your car. I'm going to say, what the if? The if. Still got to say the attitude. What the if the world were hyper-connected? Mm-hmm. Hyper connected, meaning that. Hyper connected. Yeah. And, and it sort of came from the news, the uh, things that are happening today, like um, these days, like uh, a lot of talk about uh, Facebook and um, Google, all the services we have now and how interconnected and the positives and negatives of that. Mm-hmm. Um, people make a lot of money. People get to invade a lot of privacy. Uh, people give up a lot of privacy intentionally for the rewards and et such, sure. mm-hmm. etc. We are told that you are the product. Okay, if if it's free, you are the product. You are the product, right? Right. Now we're going to step step aside from that stuff, and we're just going to say just the notion of the hyperconnected world. Uh, I was mentioning to you before the show. I'm I'm up in Cambridge for a film festival, Cambridge, Massachusetts. And there's a lot of signs, a lot of uh, wonderful memorials and uh, historical markers about the Revolution, American Revolution. And I was just thinking, wow, you know, back then, England, uh, our erstwhile overlord, King George III, was very far away. Yeah, I mean, how long do you think it would ta- it took messages to get from the king? To even the- so, the say- king would would avail himself of the fastest possible.
0: Speed. Right. So that's still a few weeks.
1: Yeah. A few weeks, right? Yeah. Say we could do. <laughs> We could do with 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 our political leaders uh, having a few weeks delay.
0: Well, there's something to be said for that, right? Is that uh, a few weeks delay gives uh, a time, f- uh, a certain amount of time for rumination and thoughtful decision making. Yeah, uh, and yeah, sometimes. Um, so it used to be that the reason you had ambassadors. Uh, in a foreign capital was because you couldn't communicate back and forth. So you had to have a person there to actually talk to the, the foreign leader and they would be able to make decisions. But then once you had the telegraph, again, um, you could just send a message home and the ambassadors slowly become useless. Like they're useless today, right? If, huh. if, you can, if, the, if the president can just pick up a phone and talk to somebody, right. you don't need an ambassador. right? These are totally 18th century leftovers.
1: Never thought about so. So in a way, back then, before the connection, before we had this hyperconnected world, mm-hmm. connected world, we're imagining a hyper. That we're going to go further. But yeah, back then, very few, very slow connections, very slow bit rate, incredibly slow yes. bit rate. I mean, we complain now if we've got two megabits down.
0: Yeah, but if you know those of us who were around in the earlier days of the internet, you might wait all night to download one photograph. Right. That's right. That's right. And if you were mailing
1: that photograph,
0: it could be even faster. And actually, it's still, I should say, true today that um, what's called Sneakernet is still faster than any internet connection. Are you familiar with Sneakernet? Yes.
1: Oh, yes. I have been many the sneaker.
0: (laughs) So that's just (laughs) when uh, a person holds a storage medium like a disk or a hard drive and just walks to the other place. Um, And I believe the calculations are that it's still say millions of times faster in terms of bits per second.
1: That's, that's interesting.
0: Isn't that crazy? But you have to, but you get it all at once, right? So like you and I talking to each other now, there's this trickle of bits coming back and forth. Right. Um, But if I took a plane up to Cambridge, I could bring all of our conversation plus in a shorter bit per second time but it would be less useful right
1: yeah and and way more expensive that's interesting the carbon footprint would be a little larger would be (laughs) be unacceptable right imagine how polluted the world would be if all skype conversations had to be delivered by plane
0: (laughs) well that's an interesting thought yeah um so this i should say so that's a sense in which um the world could be hyper connected right in the new in the numerical sense that information is getting passed from place to place right. faster. You could do it faster by people delivering hard drives, um, but that's probably not what we want, right?
1: That would be amazing. We go back to the Pony Express. Yeah, um, I'm still not yeah, quite so sure I get that because the Skype, like our this uh, conversation, mm-hmm. is almost instantaneous when Spike is when Spike, when Skype is working, right? Yeah. So, if you were to come on a plane, your re- I would say something and your
0: response wouldn't come for a long time. That's right, yeah. So, so it goes something like this. So, our, our conversation is probably, what, several megabytes per second? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, instead of, uh, and that's with the steady flow back and forth, but if I took a hard drive and put down all 42 of our episodes. Mm mm-hmm, Mm hmm. That's probably a few terabytes. Um, and then it takes me an hour to fly up to Boston. So then I divide the few terabytes by the hour, and it turns out to be more bits per second than our actual conversation.
1: Right. Sense? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if it's inst- if st- a trade-off between amount of information versus speed. Yeah. So if speed right. is important, you're okay with the trickle but mm-hmm. if you want ma- so i get that explains like if you uh, you use an online backup service and uh like crash plan or uh backblaze um mm-hmm. you if you need all if your computer totally gets wiped and you need all the data that you backed up
0: if it was terabytes yeah, it takes a long time they,
1: well they and then they mail you they actually mail you a hard drive Oh do they
0: really? Yeah. That's that's great. That's a perfect example. Yeah. 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 Um, but that's probably not what people think of when they think of hyperconnected, right? They want uh, a very fast trickle, right? They want to be able to respond to things uh, instantaneously.
1: And there's the name of the service, Fast Trickle. Fast Trickle. <laughs> <laughs> FT. Fast Trickle, Fast Trickle 75. Uh, so yeah, hyperconnected to the point of, I mean, if you, let's take it to the extreme. Let's hit the what the if fast forward button. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's hit the chutzpah button. Uh,
0: uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Is that the Foley sound for?
1: That's That's the chutzpah button. Again, when we have a budget, that sound will be much higher quality and not be made by a human. But the chutzpah button has been pressed, and we are so interconnected that basically our minds are instantly connected to. Anything in the world you'd want to know? Okay, now, that's how That'd deep that, that the internet becomes a neural. You know, it becomes neural net or whatever you call it. Their um, mm-hmm. minds are f- completely connected to the internet. Right. So, um, if I want to know what's happening uh, in a refrigerator in Mongolia, <laughs> assuming I had the password.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, you could find out what they were going to be having for dinner,
1: right? And I wouldn't need to quote remember the password because it would be in my brain. That's a whole nother.
0: That would be nice. Yeah, technology.
1: Right. So if that were, I mean, talk about information overload. So in, in that the days would be of the, a huge problem, right? Yeah, yeah, in the when the telegraph started going, mm-hmm. did they talk about information
0: overload? They did. It was. Um, uh, they talked about it in terms of um, psychic shock. Mm. And there was a a disease of the 19th century called uh, neurasthenia, which was supposed to be caused by what nowadays we would call information overload. That is information coming too fast. So, uh, yeah, that's right. And people would just be, it was a kind of paralysis. Like you couldn't, you couldn't act. Um, It's like when you go into a Greek diner and they've got those giant menus and there's like thousands of items. Yeah. And you just can't decide. It was like that.
1: Oh my God, that that is such a... I'm sure, like many people, every time I go into one of the... In fact, I was in one yesterday. You sit down at the diner. It's page after page after page. And I'm excited. Look at all the things I could get. And then it's just cheeseburger
0: with fries. Because, it's like, cheeseburger with fries. Yeah. Because yeah, um, that's what's going to be best anyway. Or chicken. <laughs> parm with, yeah. um, but I should say, Eve, this was actually even a problem. Uh, I, I said earlier, every communications revolution, um, people complained about information overload. So not just the telegraph, but a thousand years ago, when people are inventing codexes you know the the, what you think of as a book is technically called a a codex Um, and it's a very information dense way of recording information so there are medieval monks complaining to each other about not having enough time to read all these books by which they (laughs) meant like four right? right their monastery has four books and they're like how are we possibly supposed to process all of this information that is amazing
1: and they didn't, you know,
0: it's not like they were distracted by the latest Sega game. Exactly right. They weren't <laughs> getting texts. Yeah, texts. <laughs> oh, yeah, texts. So, uh, so, so they come up with strategies to, to help manage their, their time in the same way that, you know, we uh, come to 20th century, the, the telephone becomes a new kind of information overload. So we invent things like um, answering machines right that's a right a, as right. a way of helping with that call waiting
1: right in fact right. i, I got to say cambridge mit area boston so cool because everywhere i walk around there's a like i was mentioning yeah there's american revolution things but there's also this area in particular is all like old factories and stuff many of which have oh, been sure. refurbished beautifully and but there are these plaques on every corner where something amazing happened and in fact in the same building as uh, old factory, I guess I was walking by last night, was the location of the first long-distance telephone call between ah. Thomas Watson and Alexander Graham Bell. Now, this wasn't the one where Bell shouted, uh, you know, from Come here, I need you. Right. It was long-distance. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure where. It, it wasn't that long-distance. I think it was somewhere else in Boston, maybe, or in, somewhere in Massachusetts. Anyway. Mm-hmm. The long-distance phone call was three hours long. Oh, <laughs> I mean, what are they? They're like they're like schoolgirls. They <laughs> <about> the, <laughs> Just chatting away. Three hours. I, I I'd love to know what that. I, unfortunately, I suppose there's no tape of that. But I don't know. Uh, probably not. No. Uh, in the same building or on the same site, at least the Polaroid camera was invented.
2: Oh wow, this is a busy block.
1: Land. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Land was there, and so uh,
2: yeah. So I think if we've got
0: instantaneous communication,
2: right.
0: we we need new new tools for dealing with that, right? So I don't know what the the neurological equivalent of call waiting is. Oh. Right. Because you'd be, if you're instantaneously connected to 7 billion people, that's a lot of conversations to be managing at once. Yeah. Oh, the amount of notifications would be
1: insane. So,
0: <laughs> Just endless notifications.
1: Beep, 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 beep. So uh, <laughs> the number on, you, the, the, little, the little number, on, the little red number on all your icons would be, you know, an exponential, it'd be 1 to
0: the E4, f- <laughs> 10 <laughs> right. to the 4th. That's right. Yeah. So we would need, perversely. The faster the communication goes, the more selective you're going to have to be about who you talk to.
1: Right. Which reminds me, interesting when you were mentioning ambassadors, I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, so before we had uh, electronic connections and communication to uh, those ambassadors in all the different countries, and they had to do all they had to do as much work as possible just on their own. They were kind of like uh, automated. Well, I mean, they were human, but they were kind of like artificial intelligence.
0: Yeah, that's right. They're um, they're they're that's they're supposed to be they're supposed to be a little mini king, um, that can make all the same decisions that say King George would.
1: Right, right, right. Just like the rovers on Mars, for instance, have to do mm-hmm. you know some intelligence on their own. Uh, they get them orders for the day yeah, but because then, of the delay,
0: right? Yeah. Um, and some people, you know, there's historians who blame World War One on this mismatch of of speed, is that people are the telegraph is you know several decades old by that point but the ambassadors are still used to having weeks delay in um in decisions being made so you know you you hang out at a party on monday and then on tuesday you have lunch with somebody and and you know over the course of a few weeks you make a decision and you come to a conclusion but world war one that the armies are moving at the speed of the telegraph that is they're making decisions about troop movements in a matter of minutes. Whereas the politicians are still trying to work at a speed of weeks, so wow. the war kind of gets going before the diplomats can do their jobs because they're just not used to that speed.
1: Oh wow! I didn't even realize that.
0: It's almost like the
1: uh, suddenly the armies were kind of sentient or self. Uh, what do yeah, you call it? Auto organizing. Um, Self organizing and uh, what do we call it with the cars? Like uh, self driving. Self driving. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like that's were that's a good analogy. Oh, you All told right. me to go fight? Uh, I'm going to go fight. I'm ready. Yeah. yeah I'm that's gonna... right. Let's go. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, I have to, uh, let me jump back real quick. One thing the monks
2: overwhelmed yeah.
1: by their boat, the amount, the amount of books, scrolls. What was GTD? What was the getting things done method?
2: For
0: dealing with Oh, in terms of well, so there's a, a great book about precisely this, um, written by a Harvard historian named Ann Blair. Um, and I'm blanking on the title at the moment. Let me Google it quick like. It's called Too Much to Know. Too much to know.
1: Anne Blair, you said.
0: Yeah. Um B-L-A-I-R. It's a it's a great read. Right.
1: Now already um, I want to read that, but I have so many
0: books. But you have so many things to do. Already, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: She must get that joke all the
0: time. I'd imagine so. She's a lovely person. Yeah. Uh,
1: Speaking of which, I was in the MIT Press bookstore yesterday and um, totally had that feeling of like, oh man, I want to read all these books, Mm -hmm. but I never can. But it was fun to see two books by two people I know. One, Clifford Johnson, his book, uh, um, Fall Pork. Sorry, Clifford. I'm drawing a blank on it. Uh, di- <laughs> dialogues. Stop saying. I'll Google that. And, uh, and your book. Oh, nice. Yes. Yes. That's Huck- weird. <laughs> I had a feeling that the MIT Press Bookstore, being on the campus of MIT, that 50% to 75% of the people in there are looking for their own name on their book or their <laughs> friends of the people or students of the people.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's probably true, actually. Yeah,
1: beautiful story, though. Beautiful um, story. Um,
0: uh, yeah, Huxley's Church and Maxwell's Demon available in paperback and ebook if you're so inclined.
1: Yes, yes. Now, is there anything about uh, communication? Does it touch on those uh, their issues in there?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, did I lose you?
2: Yeah, I lost you for a sec, but we're oh. back.
1: Uh, I went to look up uh, Clifford's book, The Dialogues. Clifford Johnson's The Dialogues, the dialogues, okay, conversations about the nature of the universe. A wonderful graphic novel style book that um, mm-hmm. uh, dives into all kinds of issues on science. Check it out. And um, in your book, uh, did Huxley and Maxwell um, have uh, a yeah. touch on communication? as issues.
0: Oh uh, well, so they're they're living at this this uh, era of when the telegraph is is binding the world together um for uh for the first time. So it is you know the the great age of the British empire um mm. uh, bringing things together and and you know one of the side effects of communication of of rapid communication around the world is that people in England are exposed to say um writings from China for the uh, first time in a meaningful way.
1: Sent by telegraph
0: or yeah. or just by print? Uh, well, in this case, it would be steamship, probably. Uh-huh. But steamships, you know, changed to, It used to take uh, a couple of years to get around the world, and now they can do it in a couple of months. So and, you know, this is one of the nice side effects of empire, too, is that when you conquer or colonize places, you find artifacts, um, cultural documents, things that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So when the British take over um, various chunks of the Middle East, they find the Babylonian civilization for the first time. That is um, actual writings from Babylon. And right. that's that's a huge shock. Wow, this is uh, we have information transferred from six thousand years ago.
1: Wow! Uh, uh, yeah, and then it suddenly goes all the way to London.
2: Yeah, okay. that's
1: fantastic. Um, so we haven't solved the problems of the hyperconnected world at all. No, we've
0: <laughs> we it's just getting worse. Uh, yeah.
1: Uncharacteristically, simply dumped a massive problem on the world. I've not offered <laughs> you a solution. So, I, I'm going to say we're, we haven't done this in a while. This is a cliffhanger. All Suddenly, right. your brain is fully connected to not only, well, here's another thing we hadn't touched on that. If that's the case, your brain is not only connected to all the other Internet of Things and, and libraries and all that shopping.
0: Kind of stuff. Oh, God, the impulse shopping would be terrible. It would be all, you literally think of something and then it's delivered to your door by an Amazon drone. You're like, damn it.
1: I mean, the amount of toilet paper you would have. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. This would cause a crisis of its own. That would be one of those unintended consequences. That all the store, even Amazon, is just sold out constantly. They can't even keep up. Yeah. Okay. And civilization collapses. So uh, your brain would be connected to all the other brains. I mean, it becomes almost like a telepathy. That would be almost like the ultimate Hmm. giving away, intentionally or not, of privacy. Like your entire brain is online.
0: Yeah. I mean, quite possibly. And like that, unless we come up with some some method or some strategy for for trimming that down. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then the bigger, the bigger, the, the other, one of the other problems being that how do you manage all that data? Which we already have, I mean, I have friends who are Medical researchers, for instance, and, and they're all they're talking about how already we're at a period of time where we can now gather so much data about a patient, for instance, or, you know, uh, all the different things going on in their body. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we can't study it. We, they just dump it. I mean, they yeah, don't dump right. it I mean, away. They just keep
0: it. Medicine's an interesting example of that. And you know this if, like, if, uh, you know, you're sick and you type your symptoms into Google. Yeah. Yeah. you will get, right? You type in headache to Google and it gives you the 4 million diseases you might possibly have. That's right. So now imagine that every time you get a sniffle and you're instantly connected to the medical database, right? That would not necessarily be a good thing.
1: Not only that, in the hyperconnected world, it's full visual and audio and full sensory. Mm. <laughs> it's like, it's, yes. it's like you're there. Uh, so in a way, the, the world is like a holodeck type experience. That you. Oh
0: yeah, that's probably right. Actually, that's right. If I want to be in Mongolia today, right, I can just experience it directly.
1: Right, and <laughs> so if you go to WebMD, uh, five thousand point uh, you suddenly experience simultaneously or in quick succession. All the symptoms (laughs) or all the diseases, (laughs) the feeling of all the diseases that you might have had. A terrible Mm. situation.
0: Yep. That would be a real problem. On the other hand, you'd have instantaneous communication with an actual doctor too. Oh, right. Right. So um, if I suddenly, you know, there's an accident and I need to do surgery on the side of the road, I can just have access to that skill set.
1: That's true. Whereas now, like the last time I had to perform surgery on the side of the road, uh, I could just go to YouTube and I got some stuttering paranormal videos when I was (laughs) looking for, you know. Yeah, and that
0: probably takes like two minutes for that video to load, right?
1: And the comments were ridiculous. You know, I was like, okay, you know, try to assess, is this good instruction for this surgery? Uh, You know, and the, the comments are like, first.
0: And. Well, actually, you know, that's a terrifying prospect is what does the comment section look like with instantaneous communication? Seven billion people all saying first.
1: And it's the, it's the fully realized person. Yeah. So, <laughs> like again, like on the holodeck on Star Trek, that comment section is instead of us scanning down, you know, kind of scrolling down the page and reading these ridiculous comments. Um, Those guys, and I think they are all guys (laughs) of a certain age and type, are standing all around you, saying their comments, having the constantly when there's a like you see a thread on the page, like people having a back and forth. You would see those guys standing next to each other having that discussion. Quote: I'm
0: being very generous with discussion. And so that's right. We would be getting feedback right now from our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, which
1: I, I feel like that would be good. I feel like that would be like a salon. You know, our listeners would be interesting.
0: Well, that's right. So the podcast format would cease to exist, right? It would instead, as you say, would be a salon with 7 billion people. We'd all be talking. Wow. That would be
1: pretty cool. So again, mediation and services would be huge. And I, I know yeah. people are working on that already. How do you manage? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you filter all this kind of stuff? So, very exciting. A total, total horrific, uh, like, all, <laughs> like all technological advances, uh, both completely horrific and completely awesome situation yeah. of mm-hmm. complete interconnectedness. Um, I noticed that <clears throat> in this fully connected world where you and I are actually able to, we're seeing each other on video <clears throat> as my voice disappears. We are both wearing math nerd pun shirts. Uh, that's true, yeah. Yours is about Maxwell's equations, and mine is uh, about eating pie.
0: Yeah, that's right. So all the people on the street who are baffled when they see my math pun t-shirts will suddenly be able to access what what it means.
1: That's, yes. Yes, and it would be, and there are some apps a little bit like this, or Google Glass, or Google Glass, or something, where it would be translated immediately, and it'd be this long, boring uh, description of a joke.
0: Yes, that's good explaining why a <laughs> joke is funny all the
1: time. So the last image I'm going to leave us with is being in a comedy club, and this stand-up guy is up there, and he's making all these pop culture references, many of which I'm less and less able to follow as the years go on. Oh, that's true. As We get older, yeah. And uh, but oh, you would have the, You would see those things played out. Uh, and in fact, there would be some way. Actually, I I think what would happen is some sort of artificial intelligence service. You'd probably have to subscribe to the darn thing, but mm-hmm. would sort of. Manage to do quick visualizations, uh, sort of like pop-up video back in the old days. It'd be like a little...
0: Yeah, exactly. That's right. As you're walking down the street, yeah. every person you meet, you'll get a, a steady flow of information about them yeah. uh, floating over their heads.
1: Yeah. All right. Shout out to pop-up video. Send us a letter. <laughs> send, us, send us a letter. Sc- scribe a scroll and ship it to us. Um, if you remember pop-up video <laughs> on MTV... <laughs> Or VH1, I think it was. They did not that more than MTV. Anyway, wow, this was a, um, fascinating. Fascinating. Your knowledge about the past is incredible. I fear millions of people like you, act, that my mind being able to access <laughs> millions of droves of knowledge like that. Quite fantastic. Next week, we will continue. Sometimes we do this, that one episode sort of, we just barely get started and we just see all the problems. And then the next episode, we, we go forward, we, we walk into that world and we deal with it and we master it. So next week, hyper-connected world, HCW, everything, everything will have to be condensed. So we'll go from acronyms to just. It's going really fast. Everything will be like a symbol, like Prince had. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know? Oh, yes. <laughs> every idea will be the idea formerly known as quantum mechanics. It'll just be some mm-hmm. weird symbol. So, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in and going with us. Uh, thank you for connecting with us, which you can do more and more. Um, if you are not already subscribed to us, which I'm sure you know is a free thing. Subscription is a terrible word. It really just means... Is it Click on our thing, uh, click on the podcast, and it'll be downloaded to your pod service every week, your pod app. Uh-huh. iTunes, go to iTunes and leave us a review. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. I'm just so grateful to you for, for the people who have left reviews already. Five stars.
0: Yeah, keep them coming.
1: Keep them coming. iTunes, go to iTunes. And any other, whatever service you use, leave a review. If you can leave a review there, do it. Give us all the stars. and Write a few words. That's cool. Dump more information into the hyperconnected world. Just pour it out. Yep. And uh, we're on Facebook, What The If page. We are on Twitter, What The If show. And we have a lot of people connecting there. We're almost approaching 11,000 followers. Um, wow. Some of whom are not bots. If you're not a <laughs> bot, tell me you're not a bot. Um, and if you're a bot, go ahead, just pass the touring test and, you know, trick me into thinking you're human. I'm okay with that. I, I Actually, I'm, I'm happy to talk to bots. So, what the if show on Twitter. Send in your ideas. We depend uh, on the hyperconnected neural network of ifers out there. That's you. If you're listening and you enjoy this show, you're an ifer. And send us your ifs. What do you imagine? Happening, or what are the things you could see? We can dump into the dump. <laughs> dump yeah, I'll we'll go for it. We can dive into the future, into the past, into technology, into history, whatever you want to know. Just shout it out. Feedback at whattheif.com is the email address. or Twitter, what the if show. Matt, thank you so much.
2: Certainly. We'll uh, talk soon.
1: We'll talk so soon. You won't even know it. All of a sudden, you'll be hearing us say, what?
2: The. If. 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 if, 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 if. Bye now.